What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. It's not often that a love story involves planets, motorcycle gangs, and resurrected family members, but there's always a first time for everything. Inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, we're introduced to the Midnight Riders, an MC that provides us with stories, action, and tales of the undead. It's time for another episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. A retelling, a revisit, and always educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 3, Episode 13, Midnight Riders. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, a ton to get to inside this episode. Let's get to the retell. There is a wide-ranging field, and it's time to look at the sky! The planets, they're aligning! It's the Convergence! Mickey, Jack, and Johnny are marveling at it all and providing enough foreshadowing to make even the most strident soap opera fan blush. But what's this? Behind the three of them, several hundred yards away in a car, are two high schoolers who are approaching second base and talking about the stories from around the local area. The boy, whose name is Tommy, promises to protect her, Penny, for all time, and the two continue their macking. Later, a nondescript semi-truck pulls forward and outsteps a hitchhiker who hasn't seen solid ground in a long time. He looks suspiciously like Jack Marshak. Hmm. He arrives in the town. The town is called Delight. Back at the secluded field, Jack, Johnny, and Mickey see shooting stars. And hey, look, the kids are macking once again. But they're interrupted, this time by a strange wind. And then a magical series of motorcycle riders approacheth. Thunderous exhaust heralds their arrival. They're from the Dragon Riders Motorcycle Club. And they approach the car where the two lovebirds are still macking. Tommy gets out of the car to regulate but quickly finds that this is not a fight that he wants or even contemplated. After grabbing Tommy's wallet because, well, they're bikers, the riders discover that Randall Betts is Tommy's dad. Hmm. The riders laugh maniacally and then unleash an ass whooping on Tommy. 
They then jerk Penny out of the car and prepare to have their way with her. Suddenly, the hitchhiking stranger says, Leave her alone. Shortly thereafter, Jack, Mickey, and Johnny finally roll in to see what they've overheard, and then the motorcycle riders quickly flee the scene. The dramatically speaking hitchhiking man recognizes Jack, and Jack recognizes his dad? Huh? Now the local sheriff has arrived to share that the place the kids parked is incredibly dangerous. And wow, it's been 17 years since Jack's dad's been seen, and more than 10 years since Jack's even heard from him. Jack thought he was dead, but hey, there he is. Time to go back into town and catch up and fill out a police report or two. As they arrive back in town, Penny's mom, Polly, the only doctor in the town, grounds the young lady and tells her to go home and wait for her there. Then she sees Jack's father, Papa Marshak. <gasps> a short, fractured conversation happens, and as they turn to get Papa Marshak's input on the whole thing, they discover that he has simply disappeared. Hmm, that's strange. We snap back to the motorcycle gang, who have stopped for some brew and reminiscing down the road, and one says, I hate this being dead crap. There's only three left. The sheriff, Randall, and the girl. When the convergence happens, then the dragon comes back, and we'll get everything. We'll be alive. And that meddling old man? Well, he'll get what he deserves, too. Penny ushers Johnny and Mickey inside, and they start asking about recent biker problems. Ah-ha! The legend of Sleepy Hollow somehow makes its way into the storytelling. Our parents have this story about a headless biker who just goes up and down that part of the highway. They try to scare us. Yes, I know it sounds like the Headless Horseman. Suddenly, out of thin air, Papa Marshak shows up and confronts Randall and Polly and talks about where he's buried. Hmm. More pieces of the mystery wrapped in an enigma. And we'll surely find out more inside this episode soon. The sheriff and Jack talk about how Jack needs to get his father and then leave. Huh? Do you have a problem with my father, officer? Papa Marshak, Randall, and Polly begin having a discussion of what's going on, what's happened in the past, and where the dragon is currently. The talk of being into hollowed ground is the only way that they'll save the day. And will they? Won't they? We don't know. But we'll find out soon. Meanwhile, again, inside the secluded field, the sheriff tries to contact the highway patrol on his radio, but the signal is jammed. The dead biker riders team arrives to roll in and see Deputy Duda. The sheriff recognizes them, unfortunately, as the biker gang that is supposed to be dead. But here they are, returned for their leader, and they'll get the sheriff too. Chains begin to jingle, and what looks like an ass-kicking turns into something more ugly. The sheriff draws his weapon and shoots one of the bikers, but unfortunately, bullets don't impact dead people, dumbass! The biker who's just been shot whips the chain frantically into the air and throws it around the sheriff's neck! The sheriff is then dragged by the bikers for what is likely to be a short, but still very long ride for the sheriff. Tommy and Penny are on the phone with each other, talking about why Penny's mom, Polly, wants to keep them apart. Hmm, very interesting. Some more foreshadowing, perhaps. Hmm. Then the phone goes dead. Never a good sign inside any storytelling avenue. 
Jack finally finds Papa Marshak in the middle of the street, in the middle of the night, and lays into his father, but Papa Marshak says, I have something to do that'll be explained later. Then the riders show up again. They cackle like the dead dogs that they are, and in rolls the sheriff, or what's left of him, that is. His carcass skids to a stop in front of everybody. They are all shocked by what they've seen. Papa Marshak then pleads with Randall to tell him where the dragon is buried, because if he doesn't do it this time, the riders will not be stopped. Randall runs to Polly and tells her that they've killed the sheriff and insists that they've come back to get them next. Randall then tells Polly to get Penny away from here as soon as possible. Over inside the police station, which is empty and open and who cares, it doesn't make any difference apparently, Papa Marshak relates a story to Johnny, Mickey, and Jack about a young couple. It's the story of the dragon. 17 years ago, a night just like tonight, a night with a convergence, a night when the dragon bikers came through. I was hitchhiking me way to another port for another job. The bikers roughed up the boy. The then then deputy threw the dragon in jail and told the bikers to leave, but the girl, the girl said she'd been raped, but the girl lied. The bikers retaliated and the town, the town slaughtered him and I, I chopped off that dragon's head with an axe as he tried to escape. You see, we had killed them for what they appeared to be, not for what they were. Killed for what they seemed to be, not for what they were. Tragic, but that's what we're going with inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Now Randall is looking for Polly. He can't find her until he goes into the altar room and finds the Riders. And now it's time for Father Randall to be put into his place. You see, they want the dragon and insist that a preacher is supposed to tell the truth. Father Randall pleads with them to let him go, and well, they do. They release him by letting him go run directly into the street. They then give chase aboard their hell-bent motorcycles and encircle him. He drops to his knees and begins praying, and as a lone rider rides by, one of them clubs Randall over the head, killing him and riding off into the night as Tommy comes to cradle his father's limp body. Snap later to Tommy weeping inside the church, Papa Marshak shares that the situation is exactly the same as it was so many years ago. The dragon's here. The riders are here. Everything is falling into place and is exactly the same. Wanting to understand more, Jack asks Papa Marshak to come into the church and talk about what's going on. But Papa Marshak simply turns and walks away. Hmm. Interesting. And surely something valuable that will be paid off later inside this episode. It's time to defend yourselves against the army of the dead. The only thing that can be done, bury the dragon in a cemetery before the convergence and sunrise, or it's all over. The army of the biker dead will come alive and join the dragon to take over the world in totality. Wait, 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 wait. No, Mike, it's it's not necessarily that serious. It's just the, the dragon will come back and the bikers will be alive. Oh, Okay, well, never mind. I mean, it's still bad, but but not it's not world domination. Oh, well, 
back at the most recent biker bonanza, two of the riders say that it's time to get the woman Polly, who's the only one left on which to get revenge. They fire up their cycles and ride. Back inside Polly's home, Tommy, Jack, and Papa Marshak wants to know where the dragon's body is, and it must be put right. If she doesn't help, then the riders will kill everyone in the town. Polly finally admits that she lied so that they would get what was coming to them and protect her own reputation. You see, Polly was the girl that claimed that she was raped by the motorcycle gang. The town could not learn what her and her then-boyfriend Randall were doing before he went off to Bible college. Oh, and by the way, you see, Tommy and Penny are brother and sister. <gasps> There's a twist. Polly also finally shares that the dragon's body is currently in Weeper's Field. Ha ha! You know the secluded field we've been talking about during this entire episode? That one! That one! Bottom line, everyone should stay together until this is all finished. Knowing that, Polly gets up to go get her coat and heads into her bedroom. Alone! Shocker! She is then accosted by bikers that have somehow found their way into the home undetected. Of course they are. Stealth bikers. Dead stealth bikers. Got it. Okay. The two bikers take Polly downstairs and run through Tommy and Jack and attempt to take Polly out on their sweet rides and ride off into the night. Just then, Johnny arriving onto the scene to actually do something finally valiantly inside this episode tackles one of them but then gets instantly knocked out, and Polly is unfortunately also clubbed over the head. Dr. Polly is bleeding like a sieve and is still alive, but the convergence is just around the corner. Johnny hauls ass to dig a grave in the cemetery, and Jack and Mickey head in another direction to dig up the dragon's body. But time is running out! Papa Marshak stays behind as Penny and Tommy weep over the barely alive Polly. At Weeper's Field, the Rolls pulls up. The Benz. And out pops Jack, Marshak, and Mickey. They're over there, you know, near the well. The one that no one can see. Uh, okay, whatever. They're digging as fast as humanly possible to unearth the dragon before the convergence and before Polly dies. Penny sits with her mama, Polly, who unfortunately, because she hasn't received medical attention of any kind, because she's the one doctor in the one doctor town, dies. Over near Jack and Mickey, you know, over by the well, the earth shakes. Out of the ground pops a fiery motorcycle with a headless rider, who then pulls a head out of his saddlebag and reattaches it. It's the dragon. He opens his eyes and raises an axe and roars. <laughs> the dragon rides towards Mickey and Jack, who dodge his first motorized thrust. They jump into Tommy's car, a sweet Caprice classic where Jack Marshak, man of hot wiring action, hot wires the car quickly because, you know, it's that easy and succeeds. A chase ensues. The dead recently resurrected biker with an axe versus a hot wired Caprice classic. Jack and Mickey are on the move and end up careening into the dragon, knocking him from his mechanized death mobile. Meanwhile, over at the cemetery, Johnny digs for buried treasure, apparently. Oh, hey, look, Penny and Tommy in the middle of the street. Not such a great place to be inside of a horror story, methinks. The riders chase them and encircle them, too. The dragon has remounted his motorized steed. 
Jack and Mickey regroup and haul Caprice classic ass over to the cemetery. They arrive to see Papa Marshak standing outside the gates of the cemetery. In a very tender moment, Papa Marshak admits that one, he cannot step foot onto hollowed ground, and two, he has now been dead for 10 years, and that he's recently returned to make things that didn't go right the first time right. Papa Marshak urges Jack to leave and focuses his attention on the riders and the dragon. Mickey and Johnny continue their digging escapade as the dragon focuses his fiery ire on Papa Marshak and rides in his general direction. With his hell-bent axe raised high, the dragon rides down Papa Marshak and Papa Marshak's body disappears in a shimmering sift of fractured light and the dragon heads towards our heroes. Johnny who, with Mickey, has just finished digging a deep enough grave for the dragon, topples the dragon off his motorcycle with a blunt shunt from the shovel. <laughs> the dragon tumbles headfirst into the gravesite, and Mickey and Johnny feverishly bury him with the recently excavated dirt to prevent convergence doom. At the same time, with the dragon now buried inside of hollowed ground, the riders disappear into, eh, a lackluster, shimmery, mostly unremarkable light poof. Meh. Hey, look, Tommy and Penny are safe. Now they can be together for a... Oh, hey, oh. no, let's, uh, yeah. let's just bypass that uh, real quick. Never mind. Later, Jack, Mickey, and Johnny witness the... Convergence! And realize that, well, at least they know the truth. That Jack was able to spend time with his father at the end of shooting stars scar the Earth's atmosphere, and Jack has a strange closure to this chapter of his life and this episode. A whirlwind retell, but tons and tons of fun. Almost as much fun as we're going to have inside this episode. Every episode has goods and bads, but right now, it's time to get to the good. The concept. Man, this was spectacular. Taking a motorcycle gang, which I, I, I'm, I'm trying to imagine and remember when I have seen a motorcycle gang either inside of a feature film mm -hmm. or inside of a television series where I'm like, man, it's just another television series with a motorcycle gang. There's, there's something interesting about it anyway. Right. And that's granted to us here wonderfully. The concept at its core is... Is it well? I mean, think about it. So, seventeen years ago, and this is this took place. This particular episode took place in nineteen ninety. So, rewind seventeen years. So we're talking about you know early seventies here. Okay. So a biker gang riding through wherever this is, mm -hmm. small town USA, allegedly. Things happen, and it, it, the concept is of, hey, they're bad. They do bad things, but they didn't really do anything bad here, but they were accused of it. So they retaliate and things go sideways. Mm -hmm. Everybody is to blame. There is no clear cut good guys, bad guys here. And because we have this convergence loophole where the where the, the story is concerned, mm -hmm. we get this nice ghost story of revenge mm -hmm. and redemption. Yeah. By far, one of the best concepts I think we've seen on this show. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. Uh, sprinkle in all of the things that we're going to tackle in the review of this episode on top of that concept. Mm -hmm. Really, really great seed moments on the front end. Character backfill. 
Jack's Papa makes an appearance. I I actually thought that they had just redressed Jack as Jack's dad inside of this when he appeared. That's how, oh my God, that's Jack looking this guy looked. Well, how fortuitous it was. It was like, oh, wow, this guy looks just like Jack. <laughs> and then it turns out, oh, it's his dad. <laughs> well, it makes sense that he would look like Jack because yeah. they are related. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And again, to give us what you and I joked about it when we saw him instantly, so much that I, th I think we actually paused the episode to have a little moment. Because, of course, as everybody knows, if you're a friend of Jack Marshak, or if even worse, you are related to Jack Marshak, <laughs> right. then the clock is literally ticking for you on the I'm Alive bar. Uh -huh. However, asterisk, spoiler alert, it didn't really matter inside this episode. Well, I mean, but it still was true. Because, you know, he, he he knew Jack. Well said. They, he, they had a connection. And you know me, I love the development of character. Yeah. And this yeah, right here you. gives more backstory because, okay, so now we know Jack's father was in the the, the, the fishing industry. Or, 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 yeah, or something. something like that. He, yeah. he His life was the sea. Jack thought he was dead. So that makes complete sense why we haven't heard Jack talk about his father. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't think his father was around anymore. Again, it gives far more fabric to what's going on inside mm. the series than really, unfortunately, it ever really got a chance to explore. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, bringing something back that tethers the Jack, who is already one of the you know the pillars mm -hmm. of this show. There's not, I mean, there's no question. You, you you can't possibly take that away from him. I love it when they pile on that pillar because it really does provide you with really really good juicy meat. Right. The Dragon Effects. This, in the time of feature filmmaking, if I'm not mistaken, is when the exploration and I think probably some of the best paying off was happening inside of practical effects. Mm -hmm. We're talking 89, 90, 91-ish, right in that area. And I think for a reasonably quickly put together television series you get what are some really great effects with the dragon here. Yeah, I, I was actually worried that, oh, he's going to pop up without his head. Is he, gonna ha is he going to be the headless motorcycle rider for the rest of the episode? And thank God he wasn't, because the effect of him being headless, bad. But back then, you couldn't really get around that. Mm -hmm. There was no way of getting erasing somebody's head without it looking extremely fake. Mm -hmm. So all you can do is just build up the shoulders mm -hmm. and try to hide the fact that the guy's got these massive shoulders. Now, of course, in in the storytelling, Papa Marshak does go that the dragon was a huge man. Mm -hmm. So there is that there's that that side that side glance of like, but we said he was big, so he would have big sh shoulders, but until the use of digital effects, getting rid of somebody's head just does not look right. I'm actually reminded of an episode of Kolchak the Night Stalker, mm -hmm. which actually dealt with a biker gang who ended up killing their leader through decapitation, mm. and the ghost comes back and he's looking for his head, and he's killing off all of the remaining members of the biker gang. Mm -hmm. And it looks ridiculous because it's a biker, with big built-on shoulders to with a, hide with the, a trunk, right? Yeah, with the trunk to hide the head, right? Right. Yeah, and that's why I was so grateful that they pull the head out of the satchel, which the severed head looked awesome. Mm -hmm. 
puts it on the torso and then we get the you know the eye opening yeah eye opening effects and he's like, mm-hmm. I, I loved all that i love the fact that we did not focus on a headless motorcycle rider mm-hmm. because that would look really ridiculous mm-hmm. and what we got was some really good effects well, those are the goods we got inside this episode. I'm curious to know what you thought was good inside this episode. Let us know by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought was good inside this episode. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has its goods and its bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's tackle the not-so-goods. Overall production. I think I would have enjoyed this episode a hell of a lot more if I could see what was going on, Mike. Yeah, there, there's a number of things that, that detract inside the episode, but you're absolutely right. The lighting inside of this one was one of the most egregious. I don't know if it was a budget issue or if it was how the director wanted to take things. I mean, it's a, it's an episode that takes place in the course of an evening. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. It's nighttime. Everything's got to be dark. But we could at least throw a little bit more light than just the lights from the motorcycle headlights and things like that. It was just so hard to tell what was going on. And I can understand that maybe some of that was intentional because then you get to cover up some of the effects. I mean, if we were seeing the dragon in all of its lit up glory, probably wouldn't look as cool as we thought it looked. Right. In this, also that really cool effect of the sheriff getting yanked mm-hmm. and drugged down this. I mean, that was that was legitimate a a stunt double getting dragged onto his getting face. dragged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, hardcore. Had we had a lot of light on that, we probably would have seen how he was padded up and 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 made to look so the uh, the the effect was safe. But on the other hand. You couldn't see anything else that was happening unless it was a close-up of somebody. Yeah, much of the episode is done in what is semi-silhouette mm-hmm. and super dangerous when, hey, look, it's just yet another biker. Although they did have different shaped bikers, so I guess that Right, off, and but... we only had to worry about two of them talking. So, yeah. I mean, you know, head biker yeah. one and head biker two. Yeah, head biker. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the gist is that's that's one of my general complaints, but... The general storytelling. Now, look, we've already explained how you and I both love this concept. Yes, we love the concept. The pieces, the elements, the characters that have been woven in here, it's all very, very rich. What is not working and really needed an overhaul and some help here is the actual storytelling. Mm-hmm. There are many things, and I don't think it's just me because I'm taking notes and not paying attention that I did not discover until you actually showered me with them as we're painting the retail context. Yeah. That can't happen. You can't have that happen to somebody that's watching the episode and and then, well, I guess you just didn't get it. Okay, it doesn't all have to be blunt over the head. I sure hope you get this out of the Coke bottle stuff. But there's got to be some semblance of cohesion as we're taking in the story. And this was not cohesive. Right, yeah. There there were a lot of things that seemed to be forced into the storytelling just to facilitate the twists that they wanted to reveal later on. There is no reason for Polly to have had admitted that the biker gang raped her 
because there's no way in the world she would have known that she was pregnant at that time. So what was the point of that? I mean, they, literally, they just put that in there because, A, we got to kill the bikers. We have to have a slaughter so that this town can be cursed, like, you know, the, 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 uh, the town from the fog. But it, it seemed like they had to throw that in there also so you could have the, oh, the lo young lovers of the episode are also <gasps> related. Yeah. Twisty. And, and, and then on top of that, yeah, I love having a headless biker story, but why are we inserting Sleepy Hollow into this just just for the hell of it? I mean, is it because we have no cursed item? Let's throw something historical, quote air, using air quotes, folks. You can't see it, but it's but I'm doing it. Uh, are we doing that simply so that there is some tether to something from the past that's not a cursed antique? I I don't know. I can't I can't yeah, say. I don't either. It just okay. seems like there was just way too many things hammered into this storytelling that if you take it out it doesn't necessarily make the story worse well it doesn't break anything if you remove right. a bunch of elements right eventually when you take elements out and if the story will still stand on its own then let it stand on its own yeah. with those elements mm -hmm. and stop piling on and it, it felt like they were piling on to pile on and what they were piling on didn't get part of that cohesive story it made it more complicated than yeah. it needed to be yeah Papa Marshak's voice. Well, as you can tell from the retail folks, uh, Papa Marshak's voice was probably all over the place. I apologize. <laughs> uh, your, your Papa Marshak voice was far more effective than <laughs> Papa Marshak's voice was. And here, here's the thing. It may just be because inside the studio, what we do not have is a THX surround sound sound system. Right. But this DVD set isn't even set up for that anyway. I mean, right. it's low picture quality and all right sound what we've got here is a subdued voice of an older man already difficult to hear there's no question european descent so mm -hmm. an accent but also an accent that is not any way similar to jack's right right and it, it did it just need to be where they turned his microphone up i mean i don't know uh, yeah so, something else needed to be done though uh what it what it makes me want to do is again go back and eventually rewatch the episode mm -hmm. to make sure that just inside of this episode it wasn't just me but i there were many times where i couldn't actually make out everything that he was telling all of us yeah when it wasn't one sentence that was the pronounced you know him declaring something get away from her yeah uh, other than that it, it was difficult to actually understand what he was saying well, those are the things that we thought needed a little bit of work inside of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you thought were some bads. Let us know. Head on over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the web form and tell us your thoughts on the bads. We've shared and talked about a whole bunch inside this episode. It's time to take a break. We'll be right back with the Curious Goods Podcast. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. 
So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. What comes to mind when you hear the word horror? Is it a book you read in the dead of night that creeped you out? Is it the memories of the monsters you were sure lived under your bed? Is it a film filled with blood and gore, all thanks to a crazed killer? Join me, Nicholas J. Hearn, and my guests as we ask the really terrifying question, What scares you? Only on Two Guys Talking Horror. TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com That's TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com This is John D. LeMay, and you're listening to the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Kids Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and an always educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 3, Episode 13, Midnight Riders. Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to break out the manifest moments. The manifest moments are where Nick and I find either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element inside of this episode, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what do you got? Well, Mike, for me, I think my manifest moment's going to have to be the one workable twist for this episode is Papa Marshak is dead. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. liked that concept mm -hmm. because it was one of them that was not hammered in and it felt like it was being forced. Mm -hmm. It was very subtle moments to where, oh, he he shows up in a, as a hitchhiker just getting on the road, but then there's other times where he kind of just whoo, disappears, mm -hmm. and then he won't go into the church, and then he won't go into the uh, the cemetery. Can't go on hollowed ground. Why not? Why can't you go on hollowed ground? Oh, you are not at rest either. You are still trying to make up for what you did because, technically speaking, the dragon didn't deserve to be murdered. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you murdered somebody who didn't necessarily deserve to be murdered. Mm -hmm. Sure, there was a wacky situation going on, but you still need to find penance. You, you have to have that that redemption moment. And it's it's one of those great little twists that I liked. And and I, we didn't really talk about it much in the retail, but they set it up to where, you know, the very beginning when they're watching the uh, the convergence start and we get that nice uh, shooting star moment. And uh, they're talking about, oh, well, you know, my mom always said, you know, that's that's heaven's fireworks. Shooting stars are heaven's fireworks because when a shooting star goes by, an angel gets its wings. I guess she didn't want to completely steal from <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life, but sure, okay, fine, whatever. And then we circle back on that at the very end where moments before credits roll and and Jack is wondering, did you know, is my father okay? Did 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 we help 
move him on and we get that shooting star. And I'm like, super cheesy, but it's the right type of cheesy for a story about a father and a son, especially for when the son thought that his dad was dead to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that is my manifest moment. I think that's a great one. You kind of accidentally glanced onto mine, but I'll let it go this time. Oh, okay. My manifest moment for this episode is they were just dudes on bikes, man. And I love that so much because very often people on motorcycles are just people on motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, simply because you are on a motorcycle and have a black leather cut on does not instantly mean that you're somehow roped into mafia gangland style murdering and right. raping and pillaging. Right. You're not you're not a member of Sam Crow and you're <laughs> this isn't Sons of Anarchy. Right. Not every single motorcycle club is into criminal activity. Right. And and that's what you know, even though he was the decapitated dragon roaring and, and being maniacal, it it was just a dude. <laughs> they weren't let, let's get it straight, they weren't good people. Right, right. And that, and they they did do bad things in that town, mm -hmm. but they didn't do the things that they were murdered for. Right. So so there again, that's why we talk about that concept. That concept mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. And and I love that. Yeah. I, again, I love that. They where where is vengeance inside mm. of this episode exactly? Because where is it? Mm -hmm. And and then the answer to that is the discussion that ignites the discussion of an episode like this. That's the whole point. And I love that. I love that as my manifest moment. That's where we ask you guys, what is your manifest moment inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going to our website. Again, that's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form. Tell us what you thought was a great moment. So much so that it must go on the manifest. Ah, vocabulary. The words that make Nick and Mike Brain go round inside of the Curious Goods podcast. Our first word for this episode is... Convergence. A definition that we've sussed out of the internets explains that a convergence refers to two or more things coming together, joining together, or evolving into one. Which we get, we get that with the alignment of the planets, mm -hmm. which is also cool. Mm -hmm. But there was a convergence. Oh of... shit! Here comes the deep stuff. <laughs> Let it fly. No. Yeah, I'm gonna get I got so the deep. Shovel. Go There's ahead. there is a convergence of <laughs> moments and serendipitous activity inside this episode, which ham fisted in most parts does turn out to be a really great story. So, yes, I'm, I'm still talking about the concept here in the vocabulary section. <laughs> well, it would make sense. And and you're absolutely right. The the whole father-son thing. Yeah. And and family is all also a convergence. The Marshak legacy. Our second word for this episode is... Hallowed. The definition, again, according to the internets, of hallowed is made holy or consecrated and you'll see a lot of especially you know in in horror stories movies books what what have you it's all about getting the evil onto consecrated or hollowed ground mm -hmm. you know you have to bury the bones or you have to bury the remains on consecrated hollowed ground and mm -hmm. and, and i mean hey 
This is Friday the 13th, the series, so of course. And it's a staple inside Mm -hmm. the storytelling. So again, awesome, awesome stuff and a really valuable word inside of storytelling. That's where we ask you guys, what words did you pull from this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website again. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form. Tell us what words you thought were great and should be talked about inside this episode. Ah, the rating inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Mackin' with a super sweet girl in the back of your even super sweeter Caprice Classic. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. Mackin' with a super sweet girl in your super sweet Caprice. But it's your sister! Da-da-da! Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? With as much fun as we had <laughs> where the retail was concerned. And in our review, I mean, we we enjoyed this episode. It's just... I feel like we spent more time talking about how it could have been better than how good it actually was. You boil it down, the concept is great. Mm -hmm. Keep that concept. Do not add too much more onto that concept or you are going to get a muddied, murky mess of a pool to wade into. So sadly, I have to rate this one a six. Far too many speed bumps mm. on what could have been a really great path for this episode. And we, we've talked about several of them. The storytelling one is probably the largest for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And that the having having something far more clear that is not peppered with all kinds of extra stuff tacked on because there needs to be extra stuff tacked on, that gets some of my ire. And so I rate this episode a five. That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season 3, episode 13. Midnight Riders. Ride on over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you rated this episode. All right, Mike, come outside. I want you to see my sweet ride. Oh, really? Have you got a sweet Caprice Classic outside? No, don't be lame, man. I'm going through my midlife crisis. Oh. I present to you my motorcycle. Look at this. Chrome everywhere? Wow. Yes. Watch as I climb onto my steed, slide on my leather, and... My God, listen to the roar. Yes. My God. You should feel the power between your legs, Mike. (laughs) Eat my dust. Whoa, Nick, going super fast. Whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Nick, Nick, look out for that branch, man. <laughs> oh, that's going to leave a mark. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed.
<clears throat> Somebody get the man a lozenge. Dear lozenge. Recall la 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 la. <laughs> a storytelling element inside of this episode or something else that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>